another episode of A Conversation with Josh Field. I'm your host, Josh Field. Man, we have some good content coming through. This is another episode. We have another great guest. But before I introduce him, I want to give you a little backstory of who he is. He's from Michigan, the great state of the Mitt. He's a great friend of mine. I met him at church, and um, he's honestly has a powerful story to share and some great wisdom, some great insight. So please help me welcome Zach Schneider. How's it going? Thank you. I'm excited to be here, man. So excited. Dude, it's exciting to have you on the podcast. So you're from Michigan. What what part of Michigan are you from? So being from Michigan, we have the awesome opportunity to be able to just show you on the hand. So oh, we yeah. always do. We always use the little mitten. You like you said, the, sta the state of the mitt, right? Yeah. I'm literally from right in the middle of Michigan. It's called Midland, Michigan. Um, literally a population of like 40,000 in the city, super small, nothing like down here in Houston. So, um, I love it though. I, it's like my hometown. It literally wouldn't be on the map if it wasn't for Dow chemical. So oh, yeah, it's yeah. literally such a small town, but I love that hometown feel. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm from, man. That's dope. And you were born and raised there your whole life. Yes. Yeah. Literally I was born there and then raised there until I was, uh, I think I moved here when I was 19 years old. So you were 19. Yeah. 19 years I spent there. That's crazy. <laughs> And before, obviously you have what I feel like is such a powerful story of like an interesting season you had here in Houston. Mm -hmm. But before you moved here, you um, you had the opportunity to stay, right? Like your parents were moving here and they were like, you can either come or stay, right? Because you yeah. were 19, you could have right. stayed and- Well, that, honestly, that literally, yeah, it was, I was 19 years old and they came to me actually one day, I remember they sat all of my sisters down because- I got moved down here basically because obviously my my dad got moved down here for his job through Dow Chemical. Yeah. And so I um I had the opportunity. They sat us all down. They were like, hey, they're like, we're thinking about accepting this position or your dad's thinking about accepting the position. We're thinking about moving to Texas. And my initial reaction, I still remember because we still joke about it. I, my initial reaction, I literally cut them off. I said, no. I was like, no, I'm staying. Wow, and they were like, yeah. they were like, really? I was like, no, I'm like my whole family. Dude, your here. hometown. Exactly. Like that was all I had known. That's all where my family was. That's where all my friends were. That's where I was involved in church, sports, everything. So to have that all like ripped away, I was like, heck no. And so I literally, um, after I said no initially, I was kind of like, okay, you know, it kind of makes sense. My family's moving, right? Might as well maybe kind of go with them. But, and I, th I think I've shared it with you before, but, um, I actually moved here and hated it, hated it. Moved here, we moved here in uh, November of 2017. And by like January, February, I just hated it here. I did, I don't know why, I just hated it. And I actually moved back for the summer after that. Whoa. Yeah, so I was like, I moved back and then it was just, it was kind of like a, an, an aha moment. Like the Lord just like, I was praying consistently when I was back in Michigan um, for that summer. I was kind of like, Lord, am I supposed to be here? Is this where I want to be? And literally I kind of, I woke up one morning and that's the only way I know how to describe it. I literally woke up that morning and I was just like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in Texas. Wow. And so I packed up and within three, uh, two weeks, I think from that date, I drove back to Michigan. <laughs> I mean, dro sorry, drove back drove to back Texas. Here. Yeah, to Texas. Dude, and, yeah. and so cool you did because we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be as tight as we are now and exactly that's crazy i remember when i met you um it, you were you came to a young adult service and uh cat comez was introducing right. you to everybody and i was like i was like man this guy looks like a really cool dude and then we hung out like once or twice <laughs> that and, was it and we were just like solid bros since that's yeah. crazy so that was you said 2019 so 2017 when that was when i moved i believe uh yeah it's 2017 
And then uh, 2018, the summer of 2018 was when I was back in Michigan. Yeah. So I would have met you probably late 2018. That's wild. Somewhere bro. around there. That's crazy. Yeah. We've known each other not even three years. Not even. Feels like forever though. It ha- yeah. Man, that's <laughs> so cool. Such a great story. We've gone on like, we've gone to surf parks. We've gone to Austin. We've had all these great memories. We played sand volleyball together. Like the best. So, uh, but man, I just really love in the three four years you've been here in Houston, you had. A wild experience a unique experience in the work field and Mm -hmm. even serving with you at the church like I feel like dude I swear and even still today like you get promoted so quickly (laughs) like you were like in the all staff meeting like you were like you've been volunteering (laughs) for like two or three weeks maybe two maybe a month and like it was like as soon as you were approved to volunteer like you were in the all staff meetings like like (laughs) leading games like you did you did a five for five you preached right like i feel like there's this favor on your life that like god just has his hand on your life and you just get promoted really really easily and i'm like dang like so you're now Mm -hmm. you're an assistant to the your assistant general manager at Gringos? So I'm the acting, basically the acting assistant general manager. I don't have the official title yet, yeah. but I'm working on it. I'm really close. But I'm basically like the number two in the restaurant. So um, whenever the general manager's out, I'm the one who runs the store. So <laughs> that's cra- yeah, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> so now let's talk from the genesis. When you moved here, yeah. where'd you start working? So I moved here, like I said, end of 2017 in November. I waited a couple months just because we always go back to Christmas um, to see our family and stuff like that for a week or two weeks or whatever. So I waited until the beginning part of 2018. I think it was January or February, if I remember correctly. Um, I initially just, um, I'd never been in the restaurant business before, had never, um, like, didn't really have even a want to, to be in the restaurant business. And then it just kind of, I was in a, had a conversation with somebody and they were just kind of like, you know what, you have a good personality, you're a people person, like, just try it. You make good money, whatever, try it. And I was like, you know what, why not? Sure. So I applied to, to Buffalo Wild Wings actually here in the um, Houston area and got the job as a server, started serving. And then I served for a few months and then that was when um, I went back to Michigan for the summer. So gotcha. I took a couple months off, uh, went back, tried to figure out what, what I was doing with my life basically. Um, and then when I decided obviously I needed to come back to Texas, that's when I started, uh, I went back to work at Buffalo Wild Wings. And um, I started working there in, uh, like I said, 2018, all through the year. And then I didn't end up ending like working there until like late 2019. Gotcha. So, um, but while I was there, like I was a, just a normal server for the majority of the time. Um, and then it was actually in 2019 where they kind of like just pushed me into an area of like leadership where it was like, I was the main one running the floor where I would basically be like the main server of the night. I'd have like the most like premium section, but I would also be like training all the new hires wow. and stuff like that. So I did that. Um, I mean, for the majority of the 2019, I would say like the whole time I was there, uh, but it was cut cut short, obviously, in December of 2019, um, when I actually, um, as a server, you're kind of, you're kind of instructed to always um, like always ID anybody, anyone under the age of 40. You're technically supposed to ID when it comes to alcoholic beverages and stuff like that. And I remember a specific night. It was actually in December of 2019 that it just kind of like I, I had a crazy section. Like I had so many people. I was in charge of like nine tables i think at the time yeah. and like taking care of nine different people and uh or nine different parties i'm sorry yeah. and uh but also you, you were always good at doing the id like before that right like you were you never missed oh, 100 yeah. yeah like i even remember dude, i remember one time specifically i was so like 
nervous about not IDing someone that I ID'd a man that was literally showed us me his ID and he was like 70 years old. <laughs> he was literally 70. You're like the biggest rule follower <laughs> I know and I love that about you. Yeah, I was strict, man, yeah. to the book. And the craziest thing is like, I'm always somebody, like I would have to train everybody, right? So one of the first things I would train them is make sure you ID everybody. Like yeah. everyone that comes in here, just you never know. You know, it's Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, you have a lot of like high schoolers, college age kids that try to come in and, and stuff like that. And it just happened that specific night that I was overwhelmed. I had so much going on. It was like, we were super short staff. People called in and I actually, I, I forgot to ID this girl. I just kind of, she came in, sat in my section. She was over the age of 21, but she just, I just forgot to ID her. And she was a part of um, like te the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Committee or whatever, the TABC. And she, and so she, uh, they give you this thing called a red card. And that was like my, basically my termination wow. from there. Right. And this is the, was this the first person you have an ID before? Yeah, that I remember. Yeah. First person that like, I mean, I'm sure I probably missed some people here and there, sure. but for the most part, like I was strict, like everyone knew like yeah, Zach is were... the one that like IDs everybody, no matter what. I mean, I ID'd a 70 year old man yeah. for his sake. Like, yeah, yeah. like I was the one that did that. Right. And, uh, that, that feeling of just like, like regret, guilt, like somebody that always like kind of follows the rules, you know, someone who's always kind of like, I don't. I mean, I don't really ever break rules that I know of, you know? So it's like uh, to have that that shame and that guilt right away was so like, it was like demoralizing. It really yeah. was. And but. we were real tight at, in that season. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying like, even your manager, I believe, didn't like, wasn't, he wasn't your biggest fan, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely. And even he was like, it shouldn't have been Zach. Mm -hmm. It should have been like, it shouldn't have been Zach. Yeah. Like Zach's the rule follower. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is you said, I didn't think about it until now when you said you, you were, you were super, super busy, super slammed. Like mm -hmm. people called in. I feel like that's times where we can catch ourselves, even as believers, like 100%. in areas where we got to really be sensitive and watch what we're doing and the decisions we're making. Like, Absolutely. like when you're super tired, you got to watch what we're doing. It, it, this falls into like more like every an area every in every area of your life. Definitely. So um, how'd you walk through that? Man, like honestly, at first it was like it was just crushing, right? Because it was like, dude, like I'm not the one that does this. I'm not the one yeah. that breaks rules. I'm not the one you know that like does this sort of a thing. Um, but then I remembered. I kind of remembered like in going through that little bit, I was actually having a conversation with one of our friends and Jackson, I was talking to Jackson yeah. and he reminded me of something because during that time we went, um, we were hanging out a bunch and stuff like that. And I had told him because leading up to this moment in December where I just basically lost my job and everything like that, leading up to that, things were getting rocky already at work. Like for me, like I was yeah. frustrated. Um, I didn't enjoy coming to work. It got to the point where like I would pull into the parking lot and I always pray before every one of my shifts, just like, Lord, give me favor today, like with people, with, you know, my bosses and stuff like that. And go like pulling into the restaurant every single shift, I would look to see which manager was working because I knew their cars. I'd worked there for a year and a half, whatever. Yeah. And I could already like pinpoint how my shift was going to go based upon what manager was going to be there. Because there was a certain manager that him and I just didn't get along. It wasn't good situation, stuff like that. So through that 2019 year, I remember just like, uh, like the beginning part of the year, great. Like it was fine. I was doing my thing, making money, whatever. But it was like that middle part of the year and going into like the fall of 2019, it just like, it was already getting rocky. And so I remember like about, it was almost a week to the day before I got fired or terminated. Um, 
I, I was in my room and I just had enough. It was one of those shifts where I just went home and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I do not want to. And I'm not somebody that quits, but I was like, Lord, get me out. And I literally said those words. Like I was praying, I was in my room, I was just praying and I just literally said, Lord, get me out of here. I don't know what it's gonna take, but get me out of here. Granted, I didn't think, <laughs> I wouldn't have planned it that way. You know, yeah. I wouldn't have, and I'm not saying that the Lord like orchestrated that because I made the decision to not serve her or to not ID her that day. Yeah. I, it was still my decision. But now looking where I'm at now from that situation, I don't know how I would have gotten out of there because I'm a pretty loyal person. Like it's yeah. hard for me to just quit something, even if it's frustrating, even if it's, you know, um, a tough situation, it's hard for me to kind of just walk away. And that goes for like anybody, honestly, you know, like with people who are in relationships that don't feel like they can get out, they spent so much time in a relationship, they spent so much time, you know, um, with that person years sometimes with those people and they just don't know how to get out of the situation. It just sometimes takes those words, Lord, get me out to just get them out of that situation. And so for me, that was my like breaking point. And then a week later I get terminated, which <laughs> like I said, don't think that was like the Lord, like any, by any means, it was my decision. But looking where I'm at now, I can just see how the Lord has just flipped that situation for good. Yeah. And just completely like just flipped it around. And I'll tell you, I, I think I showed it, shared it with you the other day, but the biggest thing that I know I'm where I'm at now, like, I, how I got to where I'm at now is because um, like I'm a tither and I'm a giver, 100%. Like I give my time, but I also give my money as well. Like when um, the ending of 2018 going into 2019 that year, like like I said, 2019 started off great. It was just the end of the year that kind of was rough for me. But going into 2019, I remember specifically praying about the year and asking the Lord, you know, like, Lord, what are you going to challenge me in this year? What are you going to do? Like, what do you want me to do this year? And I really felt impressed and on my heart, like going into 2019, that the Lord was going to deal with me in finances. And my finances weren't like, I wasn't, my finances weren't out of whack. Like by any means, I always kept track of it. I always tithed, you know, consistently giving my 10%, obviously a hundred percent. And um, going into 2019 though, the Lord put a number on my heart to give in addition to my tithe every time I tithe. And going 2019, like I tithe weekly because I was a server. I had constant money every single day, right? Yeah. So I would tithe every Sunday that I go to church, every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. But then the Lord put that number on my heart to give in addition to it, in addition to my tithe. Wow. So when things started getting rocky at the end of 2019 and things like that, like I was standing on, you know, Malachi 310 that says, you know, bring all your tithe into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. And then the Lord says, like, prove me in this. And that I won't open the windows of heaven and just pour out a blessing, right? Yeah. It's almost like the Lord challenging me or challenging us, you know, to to outgive Him. You can't outgive God. Yeah. You can't outgive, you know, uh, God by any means. So I just consistently, all 2019, every week that I tithe, I gave that amount of money. I gave that amount of money on top of my tithe every single week. And so when it did get rough and when I did lose my job, I still gave that amount of money and I still wow. continued to sow because. I knew that the Lord had put that on my heart and, you know, obedience opens the door for blessing. And so it was like, no matter, even though I don't have a constant in, uh, like constant money coming in, I still was going to sow anyways. And I was still going to sow and still show the Lord that I'm obedient with what I have. It might be a little bit right now, but it's what I have. So I'm going to be obedient in that. And I saw it. I just saw the door just blow open for favor after that, like hundred percent. So obedience opens the door for favor or blessing yeah either one either one that's great that's gonna be the title of this so you um so you're giving you're giving you're giving and how did how did your next how did you get into the next job because you didn't go straight into gringos right you 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 go to yeah so i i I skipped around a little bit so after i lost my job in december i believe it was the first week of december in 2019 
Um, after that, again, we went back to Christmas with uh, in Michigan. So I waited till the end of the year to, to go looking for a job. And so as soon as I got back in January, I was like, all right, let's hit the ground running. I need to get a job. I immediately was like, I'm not going back to the restaurant business. That's yeah. a no for me. Absolutely not. Terrible experience. Like, I just don't want to be around it. I want to do it. And uh, actually, I was having a conversation with my parents. And they were just like, you know what? Just, you know, you want quick money, right? I'm like, yeah, I want quick money. Of course. Yeah. They're like, just just apply somewhere else. Try applying somewhere else. I'm like, I just don't want to be in the restaurant business. I really don't. And I started looking around. I applied to some office jobs. Didn't really work. Um, and I know a person that can't be in the office business, office like sit in an office daily, anyways. Yeah. And so, um, I ended up applying at a at a restaurant called Jimmy Changas, yeah. which I didn't know was linked up to the Gringos family. Um, at the time, I didn't know that. And so I ended up. It was right down the street from my house, so I was like, it's perfect. It is what it is. Like it's ten minutes away. Like you can't beat that, right? Yeah. And they had had like a good reputation there. We'd eaten there a few times, so I was like, you know what? They had a good atmosphere in there. I guess I'll just try it. See yeah. what happens. So as I'm sitting in the interview, um, I was interviewing with the general manager. Didn't know he was the general manager at, at the time, right? Sitting in the interview with the general manager, and he asked me the question in my interview, um, and this was would have been February of 2020, um, or sorry, last week of January 2020. And he asked me in the interview, he said, um, he was like, do you think you'd be a restaurant manager? I was like, I mean, I never really thought about it. I don't, I don't know. And I was like, but if the opportunity presents itself 100%, like I'm just somebody that gives 100%. And if I get moved up that way, like, yeah, like I, I, I could see myself doing that. Why not? And he was like, okay. I, he's like, I just, the way you're answering questions, I could see that. And I was like, okay. Um, he was like, uh, he was like, after this, or after this interview, like he hired me two weeks later, they started trading me for management. <laughs> Two weeks. I swear, dude. Yeah. You get promoted so fast. <laughs> it was it two was weeks? weird. Two weeks. So two to two to three weeks. But I think it was two weeks. So you get mistaken. fired. Yeah. And then you're at a new job that's closer to your house. Yeah. You're around a better, probably a probably better manager. For sure. And great, a better atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And you even tried to get into different B dubs before that, right? Like, mm -hmm. were you trying to go to the one at the airport? Yeah, I was trying to work in there and, and didn't even, uh, like, it just fell through. I knew the general manager and it just weird, like, awkward, just fell through yeah. out of nowhere. I had no so idea. So you get the job at Jimmy Chagas, you get literally trained to be a manager in three weeks. Mm -hmm. and, and then what happened? Then it was like, I started going through the management training. We call them like lead trainers at our store. So basically you're like a, an hourly manager. So you'll get trained through management, but you also work like sh uh, shifts as like a server or, you know, as a to goes or whatever it is, you know? And so two weeks in, like I said, started getting trained for that and also being a server, doing my thing. And then COVID hit. So yeah. then, so then COVID hit and, um, we had to shut down the restaurant, uh, like the dine-in portion uh, of things. But the crazy thing is, through all of that, right? If I would have, if that job would have went through with Buffalo Wild Wings at the at the airport, I would have been laid off and not making money for, I mean, however long the rest the wow. the airport was closed. Yeah. I didn't know that, but in the time, like I was like, man, like why didn't they ever get back with me? Why didn't they ever, you know, follow through with that? But honestly, that was the Lord saving me. God's hand on you, hundred percent. And I didn't even realize that um, in the moment, you know. Um, but COVID hit, we started just going just to take out. So my like training process kind of got halted a little bit, yeah. um, just for a month or two there while we were still, um, only takeout. And then as soon as we opened the restaurant back again, I started getting trained again for management and training again. So I think we opened back up in, I'm going to say it was June, late June, early July, somewhere, something like that of 2020. And then, um, and then I was getting to the point again where I was like, 
I mean, I'd only been a couple months into it, but I was just kind of like, you know what? I still don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe I'll do this. And I started to like really have my mindset on going back to school. So the week that I was about to go to my general manager, who was already going to train me for management or training me or started training me for management, I go up to him that week and I was like, listen, I was like, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. I kind of want to go to school. I kind of want to cut my hours so I can go to school and, and maybe just be a server. I don't know if this management thing is for me. And he turned the conversation around that day and was like, well, I've already submitted your name to be interviewed for an actual salary management position. And I was like, oh, and he was like, so just so you know, you have an interview in three days. I was like, okay, um, uh, all right, I guess like I'll see where this goes, right? So I started praying and believing God about it, just saying like, Lord, if this is your will for my life, if this is what you want me to do, like in this season of my life, 100% I'm gonna do it because I wanna be in the will of God, right? And uh, and it turns out I went to that interview and, and got hired out of four people that interviewed, We were it was like a panel interview. Wow. And there was me, three other guys. I was the one with the least experience, had been with the company the least amount of time, um, one of the guys uh, was, he had been with the company for, I think, like five, six years, something like that. Had started his way up from busser all the way up. Um, he was a busser, like he did server, bartender, like he did everything. I didn't do any of that. I was just a server. And then getting trained for like management in the process. Never been bar trained, never done busing, like never, none of that stuff. And I was the one that walked away with the job <laughs> out of that that interview, that interview process. So. It was basically we figured it out six months from the day I was hired at Jimmy Chongas in the Gringos organization. Six months from the day that I was hired, I was promoted to a salary manager. Yeah, dude, that's so cool. <laughs> With no, like you got hired to yeah. be a server mm-hmm. and just promoted. That's crazy. No experience, nothing. No experience, just just doing your best. You were a hard worker. Mm-hmm. You were, if I had to guess, I don't know, I don't like know exactly, but I bet you were always on time, always mm-hmm. staying late because I know how you work. Mm-hmm. You're, you're good to people. You, you love people. You serve people well. Mm-hmm. So I can see why you got promoted like you did because you're just a great person to be around and you're a hard worker. And when those two things collide, I think, and with obedience to God, there's promotion there because promotion comes from God. Absolutely. But uh, just to talk about how you got, how'd you, I don't, I don't even know if I know how you got the gringos. It just like, I swear it was like, Zach just like, oh, he's at B-Dubs. Man, he got fired. Man, that sucks. Like, let's be there for him. Like, oh, he's working at Jimmy Chungus. Oh, he's a manager. Now he's a gringo. Now he's the assistant manager. Like, you just expected like, dude, when are you going to be the president? Like, <laughs> right, right. Where is this time now, right? I'm just like, I'm here for the ride, whatever it is, Lord. Um, but yeah, no. So when I got promoted to be a manager, like an official salary manager, that's when they moved me from the Jimmy Chungus side of the company because there's four Jimmy Chungus. And then they moved me over to the gringo side of the company. Okay. So when I got promoted to be an actual salary manager, they put me at the, which I didn't know this at the time, but the number two store in our company. So it's like the, it's nonstop busy and it is what they call it. Like when I actually, when I sat down to sign like my contract to be a salary manager, they were like, you're getting promoted to like a big boy store is what they called it. And I was wow. just like, okay, like, what's that mean? Yeah. I found out what that meant <laughs> <laughs> when I started working. Um, but yeah, so August, then I got moved over to August 31st was my official first day at Gringos as a salary manager. Um, so I'm coming up on a year now wow, of being yeah. a salary manager there. But um, but yeah, so I started there in August and, you know, worked through the holiday season as just a salary manager doing my thing um, and just kind of, you know, trying to learn everything all at once because it just... When you become a manager, there's a whole lot, like there's a whole different side of the restaurant business that you have to learn. There's a whole different side because now I'm, now I have, you know, 
anywhere from 50 to 75 servers that I have to be in charge over. Um, not wow. to mention you have to constantly run that restaurant and that restaurant holds 200 people at a time if we're fully open, 217 people or whatever the capacity is. Yeah. And so it's like, you're responsible for everyone in that building. You're responsible for all of your staff members. But then not only that, but you're responsible for the relationships that you build with your staff members. Your relation, wow. you're, you have to know I have to know stuff about like our vendors. I have to know like how our kitchen works. I have to know how, um, you know, how our bar works. And I'm not even a bartender. I don't even know yeah. anything about any of that. But at the same time, like I have to manage that. So I have wow. to know about that stuff, you know? So the first like, you know, four or five months, or whatever, it was just like information overload, like just learn everything, take as many notes as you can, do as much as you can and, and just survive basically <laughs> is what i felt like anyways and so um i get to the beginning part of this year and uh in february of this year was when um they kind of started noticing and i had like a conversation with like some of our corporate executives and also our general manager i kind of sat down and, and talked to him and was like you know my my plan is i really love this like i found out that i really love managing and i really love being a part of restaurant management and I was like, I would like to be an assistant general manager. And I was like, and I could honestly see myself being like a general manager and running my own store. And he was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, 100%. And so from that moment on, it was like, um, like intensified, like when it comes to training. So he's now grooming me for this position and grooming me to be a, uh, like a general manager, hopefully someday, like I'll get that opportunity. And um and it was like the early part of this year where they started allowing me more responsibility to the point where they could trust me. If the general manager is out of the building, you can be trusted. And I had an assistant general manager already at our store, but due to some like un unfortunate circumstances, they kind of, they had to move him to another store. Yeah. And so in that moment, it was like, okay, who's next? And so I was there, I was somebody who wants to be in that position. I'm somebody that's driven to be in that position. And so they're like, they said, Zach, like, we're going to give you the opportunity you to you know, run the store when general manager is out. You don't officially have the title yet. We want to see like how you do running the store and see how you do in this position. But like we want to, if you continue down this path, like we can see you being an assistant general manager or even hopefully a general manager someday. And it's really cool because we have these general manager meetings once a month. And the once a month, all the GMs of the entire company, they get together and kind of talk about, you know, what's the game plan for this month and what are we doing this month and, and you know, kind of going through it. And very few salary managers have ever been given the opportunity to go to these these uh, these meetings. And they just randomly invited me like a couple months back. Wow. And then now they're inviting me to come to the one this month too. And wow. and so I'm like, what? like, what's going on? Like, I'm so excited. Like the emotions are crazy. Like it's so exciting. It's just so much more responsibility, you know, yeah. when you're in that position. So, um, so basically coming up on my one year, I'm now in the position of, acting like number two of the restaurant so yeah that's amazing so i want to know um for somebody who's watching mm -hmm. maybe they've been at the same job for 10 years and i'm like man i never got promoted mm -hmm. what what are some what's some advice or some things that you've learned along the way mm -hmm. because obviously it's it's you know like promotion i believe comes from god the bible says that 100%. but what are some things you can do practically to to as a manager yeah who are the people you want to promote yeah. So practically speaking, like putting like Christianity aside, just normal every single day, like what is a manager looking for to promote you to the next level? Yeah. 100% is consistency. 
if you can't be consistent with meaning you can't show up on time, meaning you can't, um, you're not in your uniform, maybe wherever you work, you have a specific uniform or, you know, they expect you to dress a certain way. If you're not consistent in that, that's an immediate red flag for me. I'm not looking for someone to promote like that. That's like that. Next is trust. Like if I can't trust you for me in the restaurant business, if I can't trust you to to be in to goes and run a drawer and be responsible for the money in that drawer, you know, when you're paying people out and stuff like that. If I can't trust you in that, I can't trust you in anything. Wow. And so trust is a big one, consistency. Um, and then I'm trying to think of another one that's like off the top of my head that we look for. Um, oh, attitude. I don't know how I didn't think of that one. Attitude, 100%. If you don't have a good attitude, I tell my staff all the time this. I said, if you don't have a good attitude, I'm sending you home. It wow. is what it is. Because I would rather run shorthanded on a shift and have not as many people running that store, but they're the right people that have the right attitude for it and that are going to leave our guests with an amazing experience or having an amazing time at Gringo's. Um, I'll, I'll do that any day over having an abundance of people um, that all just don't want to be here or don't have a good attitude. So if your attitude is on point, you're consistent and you're trustworthy, those are like the three main keys, like the golden keys, honestly. Yeah. And then an eye for detail. That's one thing that I've found that's kind of Ex like kind of excelled me a little bit in that sense too um because i'm constantly watching all the time i mean maybe that's just the manager in me but even when i'm a server as well or when i was a server i would notice things and i would take notes like i always carry a pocketbook in my, in my pocket all the time because i'm just always taking notes so i'm writing stuff down like hey we could possibly make this better hey we could do this hey we could do that and just that little bit of an eye for detail just shows your management or whoever you're working for like that you actually care about where you're at, you care about what you're doing. And those are the things that honestly, if I see that in somebody, I'm like, all right, let's get them to the next level. Let's yeah. promote them. Let's, you know, fast track them or do whatever we can do. So, yeah. yeah. I've always heard uh, people call out problems. Mm -hmm. Leaders call out problems and give a solution. 100%. So the detail oriented, like that's that's huge, probably in the restaurant business and absolutely any, any, any place really, wherever you're, you know, giving your time and, you know, giving your talents. I think that's so great. Um, I'd love for you to talk about like, um, I, I just feel like, like talk about, I, I just feel like talk about your family, like mm -hmm. how your support system was like, you know, like just a little bit about that of, of you working at Gringo's being, being a manager and, and get promoted. Like what is, how do you balance your family life to have a healthy, even though you live with your, your parents and your sisters, like yeah. you're still, you're, you're very, very like y'all just went on vacation. Like yeah. how are you so connected with them still at home mm -hmm. when you're working 50 hours a week? Minimum of 55. Yeah. So how yeah. do you balance that? Yeah, it's it's not easy. I'll tell you that for sure. And I'll tell anybody like that's it's not easy to balance that um, family life as well. But the thing for me, which I have a very like uncommon family life, if that makes sense for what seems to be the norm nowadays. Right. There's a lot of broken families, there's a lot of broken homes nowadays. And, and I'm very blessed and fortunate. I know I am to have a family that was very solidified and very um, like we don't have divorce in our family. We don't are like our family is just close. We're tight knit. And the thing, the thing that like kind of like, I guess, jump started our family a little bit was when we had to move to Texas, right? We moved to Texas for my my dad's job, but we knew that it was um, like the Lord had put that on my dad's heart. My, we knew 100% that it was the Lord blessing my dad in this sense to come down here. So we, wow. we made the decision as a family, obviously, to move. And when we did that, we didn't have anybody down here. We don't have any family members down here. We don't, well, now we do. We have a cousin, like a distant cousin that lives down here and stuff. But cool. um, but before we didn't have anybody down here. We didn't have anyone that we knew, anyone we were close with. We literally moved to the other side of the country 
not knowing anybody, not having a home church, which is something that's weird for us because we never we've always been so planted in one church our whole life, like in Michigan. Yeah. And so it forced us to get closer as a family. Wow. It forced us to be tight knit. You know, for those first couple of months when we all moved down here, all of us were trying to find our bearings. All of us were trying to figure out where we're supposed to be. What are we supposed to do? You know, my mom trying to figure out a job situation. My dad already obviously had his job, but then as, as like the man of the household, trying to figure out like, where is he going to take his family to church? Where is his family going to go to church? Yeah. For me, trying to get my feet wet and trying to figure out, okay, I, I want some friends. I also want, you know, to go to school. I also want to work. What, I, what do I do here? What do I do there? My sister's going. One of my sisters, she was in her uh, freshman year of high school, got pulled out and then moved wow. to Texas and finished the second half of her wow. freshman year in high school at a whole new school, which is Across like... Across the country. Yeah. And it's twice as big as where she's at or where she was at in Michigan. So wow. just all of that together. But but when you put it all together and we ended up moving down here, it just solidified like that, that family, like that family oriented. We had to rely on each other. That's all we had was each other. And so that's something that we... Honestly, we still talk about to, to this day, like we'll have situations where we'll need to talk about it as a family. We'll go through things like, you know, um, stuff like even even more recently, you know, with me being gone all the time, like it, like being at work so many hours and stuff like that. Like my sisters are like, man, I feel like I never see my brother anymore. And so it's like just taking those little moments, even when you don't want to, even when you're like exhausted. But it's just a moment where maybe in a week you only have two hours that I get to spend with my sisters, but they're going through something and I'm exhausted and I just want to go to bed. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they need their brother. They need wow. their big brother in that situation. You know, they need somebody like that. And then just keeping a constant like communication flow, like with my parents as well. We're pretty open about just everything in our lives in general. I mean, there's obviously stuff that my parents go through and stuff that I don't even know of, but it's like, just constantly always being like, when, when I go somewhere in Houston, just letting my parents know where I'm at. Even though I'm 23 years old, like you you can never like give your parents like enough peace of mind. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, we're in a new city or still, and it's still like what, four years now that we've been here, but it's still just a little bit of like a peace of mind. Hey, just so y'all know, I'm out with the guys tonight. I'll be out, you know, in Houston, whatever. If y'all need me, just text me. If y'all need me, call me, whatever. Like, just having that honest, honest, like, open communication. It's not for everybody. Some people don't have that relationship with their parents. But for me, I do. And so it's, like, just consistently keeping that flow of, of communication. Um, but it's not always easy because there's a lot of times where I would rather go hang out with the guys. Or I'd rather go yeah. do something else instead of be with my family, you know. Yeah. But you still have to make that time yeah. for it. So. Um, but that's kind of what's, what's helped me. My, my family's always been there to support me. It was actually my mom's idea. My mom and my dad, I talked to them, like I said, about getting a job back in the restaurant business. Yeah. And so I always give them credit for it. Cause I'm just like, um, I'm like, <laughs> obviously the Lord's the one promoting me through it and stuff yeah. like that. But if my parents wouldn't have suggested and kind of like pushed me to go back in the restaurant business, probably wouldn't have had this opportunity, you know, all these different opportunities that have come, um, from that. So, um, but they're always constantly encouraging me. They hear all my stories all the time. So it's like I consistently come to them, even though I work, you know, a minimum of 55 hours a week. I'm usually there 60 plus or all together between working at home and doing whatever 60 plus hours a week. But I always value and cherish my parents um, like their wisdom and on certain things because they they're so much more. <laughs> They know so much more than I do. And even though as a kid growing up, you don't want to admit that your parents know more than you, right? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but they do. And so constantly, like I just had a situation not too long ago at work where I'm just like, hey, this is how I handle the situation. 
if you were in this situation, how would you have handled it? Wow. And then I hear that from them. And then and sometimes it's a reality check, like Zach, like get it together. Like you shouldn't have handled it that way. And sometimes it's like, it's kind of like a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I could just bounce stuff off of them and they'll just be like, you know what? I would have done it this way. It's your decision. You did it. You handled it this way. But next time if it arises, I would handle it this way. Yeah. You know? So they've always been there. And I, I give my parents like the utmost, res- they have the utmost respect in my opinion, because they just, they've been through it. They know things. And they're constantly in my corner fighting all the time. So it's, a, it's, it's a, honestly like it's a blessing because, you know, not everybody has that. And, and, I, and I'm just like, it makes me sad that not everyone has that. But we all have the opportunity to have that someday. Yeah. You know what I mean, and with our kids and our grandkids or whatever and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm so grateful for that. That's awesome. And I think that's huge on your part to want to seek that wise counsel, knowing you have great parents. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a lot of people who, who have great parents and and choose to re- rebel, you know? I feel like it shows a lot about your character that you want to, you know, cling to their wise counsel. Like, hey, I handled it this way. You have 30 plus, maybe 20 plus more ex- years of experience than I do. Yeah. How would you have handled it? Right. I think that's that's huge, man. That says a lot about your character. But um, I got a question. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, if you could go back, what would you tell yourself at B-dubs when you got laid off, like, like when I mean I feel like you handled it great but maybe you maybe there was a time where it was like you know I I don't know what I'm doing like you kept I feel like you said a few times like trying to find my purpose what would you go and and you're probably still like you you, it's a daily journey you know we never arrive we're just going after God Mm -hmm. but knowing what you know now what would you tell yourself like back at b-dubs or in one of those hard moments what would you tell yourself to encourage yourself that everything's going to be good it's uh, it, it almost sounds kind of cliche, but I would just say just trust, like trust God in this situation because I'm somebody and I know there's more people that will probably hear this or, or see it later. Like I know there's people that just, they're in their head a lot. They think a lot, you know, and I'm that type of person where I'm always thinking, I'm always trying to plan out the next step. I always want to know, you know, like what's my week going to look like, you know, next week, you know, I'm yeah. always that person that's trying to plan it out. Right. But sometimes you get stuck in that vicious cycle in your own head of just trying to plan things out. And, and, and almost always, it's never exactly how we think it's going to go, right? So It's good. never exactly how we so think it's going to go. I mean, it, case in point, I was like, Lord, I need out and I'm fired. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely didn't expect that at all. But it's like, at the end of the day, you know, like, just trust. Like, in that situation, it's hard and it's tough to trust. But I, I'm somebody, too, that can be so narrow-minded and so focused on today and thinking about, like, what am I doing today? What, how, like, I'm frustrated because I don't want to go to work today. But it's like, what am I learning today? You know, if you kind of like zoom out, I think of it like a camera, right? You zoom out, you pan in, you pan out, right? Yeah. But like, if you could just pan out, what am I learning today that I could take for, you know, later on in life? Like as a server, every single day, whether I liked going to, to work and being a server or not, every day I'm learning people skills. Wow. Every day I'm yeah. learning, you know, how to handle a situation differently. How, you know, how do people react in this sort of a situation? I'm learning so much more than just like, just thinking about the day, right? Just thinking about like, oh man, I hate that I have to go to work today. Yeah. Man, I hate that I have to get up and do what I'm doing today. But it's like, what can I learn today that it's gonna, you know, benefit me in the long run? So if I could say anything, it's just, just trust God in the moment. Just trust God in that, A, he'll get you through it, obviously, if you're in a situation that you don't wanna be in, um, that God will get you through it. But at the end of the day, just trust that he's got things in control. Things might feel out of control, but, you know, he really does have it in control, 100%. So. That's great. 
And I love what you said about like, take what you can learn from the day. Yeah. Like there's something going on. There's someone you're going to encounter. There's some situation you have to deal with that you can take that and learn how to handle it better in the future. Because we, we go through stuff like things happen, bad stuff happens to good people and, mm-hmm. and not this. Yeah. But like life's tough. Yeah. And if you go into it with an attitude, like you said, that's brilliant of how can I learn from this rather than like the world's against me. It's like, no, like how can I learn to get better at, at juggling life? hundred percent. I think that's, that's so great. Um, dude, your story is so powerful. What does the future look like for you? Um, honestly, near future, like immediate future. If I could have it hundred percent my way. Right. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I would love to, I've set a goal for myself, but by the end of this summer and definitely by the end of this year, I want to officially have that title as an assistant general manager. And then I would love to, by the time I'm 25, be able to get the opportunity. And that's two years from now get the opportunity to actually run my own store as a general manager yeah. and get that like um just i don't know i just there's just something about it i want to be able to be like one of the youngest people ever promoted in our company to to be a general manager there's somebody that's already um they were like younger than me and, and we're a general manager but i want to be one of the youngest to ever be promoted in that in, the, in this area but at the same time too like i also have the opportunity outside of uh this the secular realm if you will and in in the church like being uh, getting to be one of the main like youth leaders of our church and stuff like that like that's something at the end of the day like that almost means more to me being in a position in church than than being in a, in a position in the world because obviously the lord's promoted me there but my calling is ministry i know it's on my heart like ministry 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 is is, is my calling and so um i want to get the opportunity you know to run my own uh like youth ministry and get to like build that up from the ground uh the ground up and be able yeah. to you know trust god every step of the way and, and and youth ministry is my heart and that's my passion and so um i really want to you know do that and go in the youth route so i love that yeah that's my heart for sure so it's definitely on the way bro Absolutely. and you're there you're yeah. there you just got you promoted at church with like you're the new youth pastor yes sir and so the future is definitely bright for you bro it's an honor to be considered a friend and a brother uh, I'm excited to see your future unfold. But uh, you guys, go follow Zach Snyder on social media. Watch him become the president of the United States because <laughs> the future's bright, man. The future's bright with this guy. There's no uh, there's no roof that he won't blow off. But um, thank you guys so much. Um, I really hope this impacted you. It impacted me. Zach's story of being consistent, faithful, and how God will promote you. Um, if you know someone who might need this message, make sure to send it to them. Um, encourage them with this great message from Zach. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. It helps the channel do well. Um, we appreciate you so much for all you do. Thanks for being a part of another episode of A Conversation with Josh Field and Zach Schneider. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Conversation with Josh Field. Hey, we don't want to close this opportunity without giving you a chance to dedicate your life to the Lord. If you've never done that, the Bible says it's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And C, confess with your mouth that Jesus died for your sins. So if you want to do that, repeat this simple prayer after me. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Wash me clean. Make me new. Today I choose to make you Lord of my life. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you just got born again and heaven is rejoicing that you are now welcome into eternity in heaven. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
We'll see you next time.